Okay, with Haig Afsharian pulling the goalie is the short film played at the Sports and Recreation Film Festival. It's kind of a play on words, uh, pulling the goalie in a com comedic way, but it's a really a film about infertility, correct? It's about a male, it's about male, it's the male point of view of infertility because there's lots of films about the female perspective, but this is more of a male dominated point of view, I guess, right? You know, the feed, a lot of the feedback I've gotten from people in the infertility and family building world is that, yes, it's, it's really more from a, a guy's perspective, which is what really makes it different than most of everything that's been done on this subject. 100%. Yeah. So you yeah. you wrote the screenplay and you kind of like, this is like a, is it kind of a personal story for you? Yeah. You know, I tell people it's semi-autobiographical in that my wife and I went through infertility and uh, that <clears throat> really was sort of the initial inspiration. And that I've played beer league hockey for decades and I just, I love it. I didn't start till I was in my 20s. Yeah. And actually, one of the first times I played was up at the Scarborough Four Rinks uh, when I was working in Toronto. And okay. uh, and the first real official league I ever played in, I was 24 or 25 at the time. So you didn't play recreation? You didn't play hockey when you were a kid? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't grow up playing it. I, I played like I started skating on a pond oh, with wow. a buddy of mine who who knew when the ice was thick enough. I think I was skating with size 12 skates, which I don't even know where I got them, but they're like four <laughs> sizes too big. But I loved it, man. And we but I didn't really start skating um, and in any kind of league until I was like 25, 25, wow. 25. If you're playing like in said, Toronto, the first one, the first one was in, in Scarborough at the Scarborough Four Rings. But if you if you, you could if you're you never because people play like myself, I played hockey since I was three. Right. So yeah. if you're starting at 24 and you're playing in like in a beer league and you're holding your own, that's pretty. That's no, pretty I'm not holding it. You got you to remember you're playing like in what they call never ever leagues. Right. Yeah. That means people have never, ever played before. <laughs> oh, and then you gotcha, graduate gotcha. Then you graduate okay. to the D League. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, then okay. C League, and then yeah. I got to C League, and they're like, uh, I could just barely hold my own in C yeah. League. So I'm kind of a D League player, which is pulling the goalie is, a, you know, it's about D League, beer league hockey players. Yeah. You know, these aren't great skaters, you know, um, they, they, but they love it. And I love it. It's just, I love it. I love the game. I love the the whole thing. So your film is really interesting because it's, 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 uh, you kind of have this flashback at the beginning. And it's really about man manhood and what that represents in, in our in our 21st century world. And like somebody who can't be potent, I guess, if hopefully it's a bad choice of words, to to like to procreate easily, that that's an insecurity to the man, I guess. And that's what your film's about. It's really about this this guy going through this insecurity and trying to figure out who he is as a man, I guess, right? Well, the going through the experience really for us anyway, my wife and myself, and I know I've heard this from other people, yeah. it really rocks your foundation. Yeah. Um, it really does. And for me, the idea that, you know, you just always thought it was a given that you could have kids. You just never thought about it. Then all of a sudden sure. you're confronted with the reality that you may not be able to have children. You may not be able to, as a man, not be able to do it. And it just shakes your whole foundation um, in a very primal way. And, um, and that's true for the man as well as the woman. And and, and uh, for myself, I didn't have, as it turned out, I didn't know that at the time until we were testing. But as it turned out, I was um, just okay, you know? So I didn't go full. I wasn't like the full male factor in fertility where I couldn't have children. Yeah. And um, I can only imagine what that would feel like. But it, it does. It makes you question your own everything. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really tough 
emotions go through like you're not you know you don't deserve to have kids and just really really tough stuff and so that's a big part of the underlying um story is how yeah. hard this is and that people don't talk about it it's very personal and people all around you who love you and care about you don't know what you're going through it's really tough yeah like i, it, I it's nobody wants to talk about it. like i have some people in my life who deal with it but they they don't want to they don't want to talk about it, so I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna bring it up itself right but it's like almost like an elephant in the room situation so yeah and you really kind of show that in your film and about and then kind of using the D League and the Beer League as an as an allegory to to this this like you got the great flashbacks with um with the play by play guy even when you're performing and like doing the interviews. And it's like being being exposed, I guess, right? Like it's sort of like it's a great, really great uh, idea. Do you know when you first kind of came up with this kind of concept for the film? Well, there's a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Todd, and he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he just he's he's like hanging out with like a Jim Carrey type of person. And so I had always imagined how he might react to these different situations. And somehow, you know, the uh, you know, the metaphor of pulling the goalie and shooting on net. And and then I always thought the interview with the, you know, like how they always have the classic sports interview before yeah. the before the before the guy goes out there. I always thought that was hysterical. If you if you made it like, oh, this is the first time to shoot on goal. And, you know, and it's yeah. the metaphor of that. So that was kind of the inspiration. Um, and I remember thinking about the, uh, you know, if you remember the TV reporter from Slapshot, like yeah. I always thought about a guy, a guy like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, and then the guy, you know, the hockey players like, yeah, you know, acting like they do right before, you know, very nonchalant kind of reacting. So, so this was a year, I mean, gosh, back 13 years ago, started these, these scenes started going into my head and I'd start writing them out at what I thought would be funny. And, and then eventually I'd pick away at writing different scenes and I just thought they were funny. And then, uh, so it just kind of, kept going over the years but in fits and starts uh gotcha. but, yeah so you you you're you do you do have a your, your your daughter's megan so she is like you do have a daughter so so you kind of came and up a with son, simon so i've got two kids simon yeah. megan 13 and simon 10 oh, both through um both through infertility care uh with in our case iui treatments so they so it worked out then. So you're kind of like the one they're you're one of the lucky ones, I guess, right? In a sense. Well, yeah, for us, because that's the other thing I realized is that as hard as it was for us, uh, I became aware of how how common it was, incredibly common. Yeah. And then secondly, how far more difficult the journey yeah. is and has been for many more people. Multiple miscarriages, um, just you know, IVF route is much more intense than what we had to go through. Uh and it was just like it was shocking. And then what was even more shocking was that it's not covered by insurance. Yeah, money. So like how do people afford it? Most and people can't. Right? Some people just don't. Yeah. That's the unfortunate most people can't. It's really expensive. And also too, like the the I know this is a male perspective film, but the woman goes through so much emotionally. Like she gets picked and probed and like drugs and like needles and like all these things and her body changes. And, and sometimes and a lot of times it doesn't work out. And like you said, there's miscarriages. And like this is a really emotional toll that the, the the woman goes through. Like even even if it's successful, like you know what I mean. Like it's it's not easy. Yeah, it really isn't. And uh, the more people you talk to, the more you learn about it. And uh, and then you also learn that you know there's no guarantee. A lot of people go through this yeah. journey, and um, 
they're not able to have children. Some people choose to adopt. Some people choose to just live without children and be great uncles and great aunts and have, you know, be great fur babies. I've heard people tell me, you know, uh, so the journey, each one, like the film says, you know, each uh, journey is unique and deeply personal. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely true. So you also uh, talk about jealousy and envy, whatever, which one you want to go, go there. But we really about like how you're the, the, the wife and even the husband in the film, other people are having kids, other people are pregnant, other people are having babies. And there's that scene where like you're at the birthday party and she's holding the baby and it's like, she just can't, she can't hold the baby because it's like, there's something missing. She needs to genetically or whatever you want to call it emotionally. She it's like, that's like, it's like, she's happy for her friends and her family, but there's something missing, I guess. Right. People going, you know, and you see a lot of this um, is that when you're trying so hard and you're investing so much emotional energy and financial, you know, everything that seeing people that are pregnant, seeing little kids, seeing babies is just, it's just triggering, I guess, is the modern terminology for yep. it. And even, you know, someone who, whose best friend is pregnant, they, they honestly, like, they just can't be with them. It's just too hard. Yeah. Uh, and it's heartbreaking, you know, and, and then the friends who might know they're going through it, or maybe they don't know, even if they do know, they don't know what to say. It's just, and there really isn't <clears throat> much to say. It's really... Yeah, it's just it's something just so primal about the entire uh, experience um, that if you haven't gone through it, it's hard to under it's hard to appreciate. Yeah. Like so many things, you know. Um, but uh, with this one, this is something that I went through, my wife went through, and I don't know. Out of it came this screenplay and film, and I, it became something I just had to do. So there's that. Like I want to get to the making of the film in a second, but I want to talk about the, there's a particular scene. I think it's about like uh, 10 minutes in, maybe like they're at the party. She's going to leave the birthday party and they're in the hallway and that, and she has, she has that encounter with her friend. It's like, it seems it's a very open, it's like one shot. Like you don't like get too busy with it. And she just, she's a little, she, her friend's got a little bit of drinking in her. And it's like, it's, it's such a, it's such an important scene for your film because it's like, she doesn't understand. Right. Like, and then right. like, well, it, it, in some ways, too, right? Right. In some ways, that character is like a caricature of, uh, and and, I, and it's obviously very intentional caricature. Yeah. Of, Here are all the things you just don't say to someone who's trying to get, who's going through this. You know, yeah. don't you know if you say, "Oh, my husband just looks at me, I get pregnant." Like, "Oh God," you know, and your time will come. You know, and then the the kicker is like, well, I'd think about freezing your eggs if I were you. And that launches her off because she's trying to tell yeah. her, I don't want to have this conversation. I mean, she's selling it right to her face. Yeah. So it's 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 a caricature. But also, I think it was it's kind of a um, for friends and family and all that. It's it's a little bit of here are the things that here's a great example of what not to do. Yeah. And for the people going through it, it's like, OK, I get it. Like, yes, that's exactly how I feel if anyone were to say those kinds of things. Um, and in fact, you know, some of the, uh, infertility websites, you know, it has a whole list of here are things not to say. <laughs> yeah. And I remember looking at that when, we, and I was going to consider sending that out to our family, um, at when we were going through it, but we didn't, cause it was still pretty personal. And then here are the things you can say. So that, that, that was an important scene to really get the point across of, you know, you know, don't say these things. They're, 
I know you're trying to be helpful, but it 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 is not going to help. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like grief or trauma in a sense, right? Like it's almost like it, it, it's it's certain like it's like say if someone passes away, there's certain things that you conventionally have been told not to say, and it's like, but in this situation, like you said, because nobody's talking about it on a mainstream level. And it's so common, but nobody's talking about it. People don't know what to say, right? Like it's like that. It's like there's like it's it's that's that's the interesting thing about it. It's like there's not a conventional kind of like to do list, I guess, of what you're supposed to say. In these right, and I think it's human nature to want to help. Sure. And to want to, if you see a problem, to try and fix it. So yeah. you, you jump in trying to fix something. And you're like, you, know what? Yeah. you don't. This is not something you know. In so many things in life, it's like it's not the time to come in and fix. It's the time to listen and um, tell them you care about them. And there's another scene in the film where um, his, the guy's best friend, you know, stands up and says, you know, he says the right thing, which is, I don't know what I could say to help, but if I did, I'd say it. Yeah. And, you know, and like, that's the right kind of sentiment. And that, you know, you know, we're family. I love you. I care about you. I'm here for anything you need. Um, and you know, those are the right kind of things to say. Yeah. Um, but you know, people, they mean well, but they're, but you know, that's part of the message. Yeah. And then, so then the next scene after that scene that I discussed is that he's at the, he's at the skating rink and he's got the limp, um, hockey stick. And yeah. it's sort of like, this is what he's feeling like. This is like, and like you said, it, it's going back to the manhood thematic, right? Like we're where he's in this, he's in this hockey rink. And it's like, you know, you've been in these rink, you've been in these locker rooms before. So have I, where like, everybody's kind of measuring <laughs> each other. Right. And there's like, there's this like masculinity that's occurring. And it's like the ones, so he's feeling that insecurity because everybody else is procreating except for him, I guess. Right. Well, I think it, it speaks to the pressure and stress that just continue, it compounds. Yeah. Um, and that, it it has it takes a toll on both of them and that you know and and the, the floppy stick was sort of again just a metaphor for all of that stress frustration and uh how it impacts his own masculinity and his own sense of manhood and it's just all collapsing down it's and, about the penis right like it's about the penis <laughs> well right right in that case it's a, it's a direct metaphor you know it's not too subtle um no. it's, it's attempt to make some humor at it but again you know it's like the guy is under so much pressure so much stress yeah. that he can't even he's his he can't even perform yeah and uh it's just it's it just tries to speak to the fact that you know again it's just really um really hard and it's really hard on the man too yeah. you know maybe you see outwardly a lot more about the woman and, and the effect it has on her but you know make no mistake this is a very difficult journey for a man and in pop culture you you mostly see films about the guy not wanting to have children yeah you know not well you know she's knocked up you know oh god i don't want to you know okay i don't want to have a baby you know are you pushing and and but just like hey a lot of men i know like they're it's like their greatest goal and, and wish is to have a family and to have yeah. a child so um i felt like this you know, that was another kind of misrepresentation or at least a, another version of a story that needed to be told. Another version. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is that it's about guilt, too. Right. Where we're like, say you're responsible. Right. Like, say you have you're the one you're the reason the partner you're the, maybe the reason why you're you're not able to procreate and have kids with your with your wife. So 
then your wife has to go through all this stuff. Like she has to get these needles and all this stuff. So as a man or as a human, there must be like this, this tremendous guilt that you have or this like, you know what I mean? Because you, you're the one who's the blame, I guess. Right. Even though you're not, but it's like, this is what you're feeling inside, I guess. Right. You know, and, and I, and I guess I have to be, you know, honest that like in my case, it was, I had enough as it turned out, you yeah. know, of a sperm count or whatever. So I can't speak to what that experience was like. Yeah. I can only imagine if, if it was like, for example, if I was completely infertile and that, I know that people are surprised that, that that's a significant number of are of infertility or caused by the male factor. Yeah. But I can only, I can't speak to that to know exactly what is that like. And uh, I talked to my infertility doctor about, you know, what's the reaction men have to that? And he said, it's very, very different. It's all over. Some men get really angry. Some men get very quiet. And yeah. um, so it's, I can, I can only imagine it. And I can only imagine that it would be incredibly hard. And beyond that, I, I, I guess I would yeah. defer to someone who's gone through it to really uh, and I'm sure that it runs the gamut of all kinds of different um, emotions. I think it's sadness and people react to sadness differently or depression. People react to depression differently, right? Inward or outward. Right. So, you know, yeah. and I've heard like the, 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 at one point, the main uh, lead actor guy goes into a complete tirade, loses it, you yeah. know, and, and, and enraged. And, you know, someone has told me, it's like, yeah, you know, that, that is a male expression of depression. Yeah, of course. And uh, and I was like, oh wow. Um, woman, woman can do that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I it's think like, it's a human, it's, it's a human form of expression of depression. Yeah, yeah. But someone was telling me it's like, yeah, that's much more a typical type of male expression yeah. of being depressed is to be angry. And I was like, oh yeah. wow, okay. But anyway, if, if to me it felt natural in terms of all that pressure and stress boiling over. Yeah, hundred percent. You showing it's very it's a very effective short film for sure. So to go back to you, you basically you you worked on it for twelve years. Like, what is your experience like making films, directing films? Like, what is your experience with that? Well, it was incredibly exciting. It was incredibly it says, it says draining. This was your first film, correct? Yeah, first my okay. first thing doing anything like this. I mean, right. I don't have any experience doing any of this stuff, but it was. Uh, you know, the most important thing was to continue to put one foot in front of the other and um, just keep moving forward, even though you don't know what you're doing, but you just keep moving forward. But it was the actual doing it was, um, you know, you you have to trust in people to be doing what they do. And you have to have clarity about what you want, what you want. You have to have crystal clarity on what you want. Yeah. And uh, and just draining, absolutely draining and exhausting emotionally, physically, the whole bit. Uh, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do and but incredibly rewarding. Um, and it was it was an amazing experience for sure. But it was not easy. <laughs> no, it's well, making a film is not easy. So you had so Bob Brown was the he's a he's he's the credited producer. So I'm assuming he helped you out. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, I mean, I, I literally didn't know anything about any facet of doing any of this stuff. Okay. I worked with him to fine tune the final short screenplay. Um, he hired all of the crew, put together all the crew. Uh, I, I, he got, put me in touch with a casting company. So I did, I looked at all the casting, you know, auditions. I submitted all the, you know, pages for them to read. I selected through all the cast. I got feedback from Bob. 
Um, and Bob, you know, from the day one, he said, you know what, I will put the team around you to make sure that, you know, my fear is like failing or whatever. It's like, I'll put the team around you that won't, they won't let you fail, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what he did. And he was there for the whole process. And, you know, he's got a lot of experience. So, you know, I didn't even know when to say, you know, cut or action or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't know, but, you know, but everyone around me knew what to do. Yeah. And they had the script and we had it all broken down. You know, the first assistant director is just shocking how many people are involved, even in a short film. I mean, it was like a crew of like 20 some people. It was just, it was amazing. The key to your to key to production, usually on a, on a short film like this is your cinematographer, making sure that you're on the right page, making sure he's getting the shots that you want, but also the coverage for editing. So did you have a good relationship with your cinematographer? Oh yeah. Cy Abdelner. I mean, that guy's like a, he's just a brilliant guy um an artist and a i mean he reminds me of someone like the really heavy duty it people just technically incredibly savvy yeah but also an artist and um i didn't have to think about it i mean i didn't have to think about any of that i mean we talked about different shots and he'd tell me what how he wants to set up and what he's thinking about it i'm like yeah i like that let's do that yeah so i really liked all of his choices and i love the way it turned out and uh it was just, it was easy, you know, um, having somebody that, I don't know, just easy to work with and that technically savvy, but it, I'm just so happy with how he, how he shot. You got, some good, you got some good performances too. Your, your two lead actors are, are pretty upsetting. They're Michigan based. Well, you know, the, um, Mason is the Mason Hydra is the lead actor. He is, he was uh, born and raised in here in Michigan, but he lives out in Hollywood now. Okay. Uh, Lanny, uh, who's the female lead, Lanny Call. Uh, I think she she went to Wayne State here in the Detroit area for a little while, which are her Michigan roots. But I think she's she's from Idaho, and now she's living in New York City. Okay. So they're both on opposite coasts at the moment, uh, both building their careers. And the, Bob's concern from the beginning of the film was that we would find these leads that have chemistry together and work well together. And honestly, they were fabulous. They, they were, were amazing. Yeah, they, from, you, from you, you felt moment. like they were they were along like a, a connection. There's they were a married couple. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were just they were just terrific, and their performances were just absolutely amazing. And they both won, you know, at another film festival, they won best actor and best supporting actress. And yeah. I was so I was just thrilled for them because um, they were both. They just it was just, everything hinged on their performances. Yeah, hundred percent. So you're, yeah. you're, you're you fin you got your directed your first film, then you go, then you you look through the footage and editing. What's your feeling in the in post production? Like how how are you feeling about the job you did and like in in people probably kind of piecing this film together in post? You mean you mean during during a post production? Yeah, like you're 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 just you shot the film. Now you're looking yeah. at the coverage. Now you're looking at your footage. Are you what's your first instinct? You know, my first instinct was that the uh, the climactic scene in the locker room was the most pivotal thing in the entire film. Everything else was important, of course, but yeah. but that scene was everything. And seeing the footage and seeing the acting performances and seeing it on, I was like, we got it. We got that. And now it's just going to be massaged color and sound. But I felt like we had completely nailed that because that really was the the entire film boiled down to that scene Yeah, that this is incredibly difficult. Um, and it is incredibly difficult on the man and the, the, the 
how it affects him and the his wife supporting him and them being tightly bond together as a couple, whatever happens. And I knew in post-production, we had that. Yeah. And so I felt, I felt really great about that because that was so important. Um, and then the other scenes were also, I mean, I felt good about a lot of it, you know, especially the, you know, the chat, the interview scenes I thought were just, just great, just so good. So I felt really confident um, about the film and just, it was just a question of like, oh my God, how, you know, how much editing and how hard is it going to be to edit and how long is it going to take to edit? How much is it going to cost to get this thing done? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But I was feeling, I was feeling really good about it based on that, um, based on that early footage that I saw. So then, yeah. So then now it's doing, now it's on the festival circuit. It's like, that's a whole other distribution to a whole other uh, can of worms. Our particular festival, we send you the audience uh, feedback. What did you think about the, our audience uh, had, had to say about your film? Man, I tell you, I was blown away by getting audience feedback. I just, it was, it was absolutely with the greatest feeling to see these real people and real sincere, um, informed people, knowledgeable people about film, clearly uh, talk and, and even hearing them say the word pulling the goalie, my film was just incredible. Yeah. And the feedback, I love that it was all positive because, I mean, anyone, you know, I know there's critiques. It's like, well, I didn't you know, I'm sure there could be other stuff. But but I just it was incredibly valuable to hear feedback. It was incredibly valuable to hear what resonated with people. And it wasn't always the same things. And to hear it from a number of different people um, was just incredible. So um, I just greatly appreciate that. That was just so awesome to hear that directly. Cause I haven't, you know, I don't get that, you know, yeah. I get it from maybe friends and family, but not from, and here are these people who I've never met before talking about my film. It was amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's a really solid film and it's got a, like I said, there, you are trying to do a cause as well. If you go to your website, uh, P PTG movie.com, there's this, you can donate to support the, the cause of infertility. Yeah. And it's like, you really kind of show like it's a, you can tell it's a personal story, but you you still told the story. You don't you don't get it in the way of your own story if that makes any sense. Like you you told the universal story. That's basically what I'm saying. It's like and then make it using hockey and sports as an analogy. It's brilliant. So uh, congratulations. I hope the film does well for you. Well, I do too. You know, because it's you know everything every dollar of sales I can tell you goes towards the film's goal, which is to expand access to infertility care by personalizing the infertility experience to a general audience, especially men and in Canada too. I mean, Canada has got every province has its own completely different approach to how it supports or doesn't support infertility. And I'm, I'm working with fertility matters, Canada and, uh, and, uh, but there are even everywhere. It's so I really wanted to, if it can help expand access, that's really the goal. So any, you can, you can be count on any sales proceeds are going to go towards that goal. (laughs) Well, congratulations on the success. Hopefully you'll make another film and we can talk again when you make your next film. Outstanding. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. I can't, I I couldn't recommend your festival more, uh, more highly to anybody. One, two, three.